Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to Popcorn and Politics. What's the real deal? Hosted by Audrey Bell Kearney and Derek J. Wilson. Asking the hard-hitting questions you want answers to from political leaders and political hopefuls from around the world. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Popcorn and Politics. I'm your host, Audrey Bell Kearney, along with my co-host, Derek J. Wilson, and our invited guest today, Ms. Nicole Horn, who's running for the Georgia Labor Commissioner. So thank you and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's I'm excited to be here and get a chance to talk politics, talk labor, and whatever else comes up. I'm ready. All right, we're ready. Well, well listen, y'all, we, I gotta tell y'all. Hold Go on, ahead. hold on. Before we before okay. we jump in, today is my co-host RG Bell Carney's 21st birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I got a I got a great dinner after this. I heard that Parkside District was really good. So I'm headed to Parkside District after this. Anywhere, listen, anywhere that has seafood, I'm good. I was like, do they have seafood? Because that's all I care about. They got seafood. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. So what's what's what is your seafood of choice, Audrey? Crabs and lobster. Okay. Yes, yeah, I eat crab at least three times a week, <laughs> literally. Oh wow! At least, yeah. you know, it was crazy. I gotta tell y'all a quick story. So I went, I had my physical done at the beginning of the year. I just knew my cholesterol probably was off the charts because I love seafood and I love cheese. And she said to me, "A normal cholesterol is one hundred. Yours is a fifty-four. Oh, wow. wow, that's and awesome." I was like, really? She's like, yeah. I was like, is that normal? She's like, some people are just made like that. Thank God for yeah, me because I probably I'm be not. Because clearly, you show, I'm you not you are not at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm blessed. Cheese is my weak spot too. Cheese is my weak spot too. Oh God, I love cheese. I've been eating cheese my whole life. Okay. Anyway, enough about me and cheese and food. Let's get on with the show. So Nicole, thank you so much. Um, you're running for a state position as well, and and so. Um, I'm just gonna jump right in. You know what? What? What do you see? Some of the problems and why are you running? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's go back. Let's tell them a little bit about who you are. I know you are a small business owner, so let's start there, and then we'll go to the. We'll go to the why. I am. So, uh, well, I was, Audrey. And and I know that you have that same passion that I have for small business owners. Like it's it's been a passion of mine. We uh, owned a company for 15 years, a little more than 15 years. And it was a higher education consulting firm. Mm-hmm. It's what makes me uniquely qualified for this job. And I'll tell you why. What my firm did is we used labor data to work with universities across the country and help them figure out programs they should launch. And in many cases, we helped build those programs that would lead to jobs for adult students. 
So, uh, and, and it's, it's things like knowing what are the hot jobs and mm -hmm. how to make sure someone's prepared for that job and actually building those programs that have helped. I've literally helped thousands of Georgians move into a career that makes, you know, a strong, more than a living wage, a strong living wage. It's more than a job. It's a career. And that same passion and concern is what I'm bringing to the Department of Labor. You know, Nicole, I got, you said something about living wage. For those of you who don't know what that is in the state of Georgia, what is a living wage here in the state of Georgia? <laughs> well, I, sorry, I didn't mean to roll my eyes because right now we're talking about $15 an hour as the living wage. And I think we're talking about that because in our current with our current Republican General Assembly, that's probably the best we could hope to do until we flip the General Assembly. But we've been talking about $15 an hour as the living wage for 10 years. And those of us who live in Metro Atlanta know it is certainly not $15 an hour. It is in some of the more rural parts of Georgia, that's still the case. But certainly for some of our more urban areas like Atlanta, like Savannah, like Columbus and Macon, it would be more accurate to put that number at $23 an hour. And that's the that was the research that I had uh, read recently that the Georgia Budget and Policy Institute put out. And that's because, and, and this is, this kind of weaves into some of the issues that I hope we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about people working and being able to work, we need to talk about all of the things that impact people's ability to work. Childcare being the top on that list. I'm, I'm a working mom. I've been a working mom all while raising my kids. Childcare costs in Georgia have gone from $6,000 a year to $14,000 a year just oh, since wow. the pandemic has started. Yeah. Our rent prices are up 20%. Like that's why we need to talk holistically about um, the kind of businesses that we want to bring into Georgia and some of the challenges that people are facing as they as they are working. Yeah, that's that's so key because my daughter, my, my granddaughter is in daycare. And when I tell you, you know, my daughter is an IT engineer, but the money she puts out in daycare is is ridiculous. I'm like, oh, my God, like, why is it so expensive? Well, it's so expensive because one. They have to pay for all of the all of the things that go on in the daycare, including the property. And so it's it's a lot. And for working for a, and she's a single mom. So for a single working mother, you know, being an IT engineer sounds great. But when you got to shell out a thousand dollars a month in just daycare alone, that's a lot. That's, that's why I go back um, to child care is infrastructure. And we need to we need to talk about that. And the Department of Labor needs to work more closely with the Department of uh, Early Childhood Learning that oversees daycares because there are some, not as much as we want, uh, ways that we can help uh, lower costs for, for individuals who aren't making very much. Um, but Right now, the Department of Labor doesn't work in partnership with them at all. So we need these are the kind of dialogues we need to be having at the Labor Department. 
So I feel like I'm um, getting ahead right. of myself a little bit. You no, know, this is good. This is good because I got more oh, no. questions. I didn't, no, mean, I didn't want to yeah. waste the whole talk on on child child care. But as you were saying, I was I was just thinking. So are there pro? Here's what I find: there are there are there are low income working parents. Then there are single parents who are not low income, but they still yeah. face the same kind of issues. So there are yes. always programs available for the, the working low income parent. But what about the parent that's not low income but still struggle? Because that, that's a real that's a real situation. Yeah, you right. absolutely are right. It is. And um, and I think that there is so I think about also so some working parents are lucky enough to work in companies that offer childcare. Uh, but that is a small percentage. 43% of Georgians work for small businesses. Mm -hmm. And I am here to tell you that small businesses want to be better advocates for their parents. They want them to have the flexibility to work. This is where the Department of Labor needs to create consortiums so that small business owners can come together and perhaps figure out how to share child care costs. This is also, though, where a good labor commissioner is not just ready to work on what's happening in the state of Georgia, but get up to the federal government and advocate for making sure child care is part of the build back, you know, part of our infrastructure plans. We need to be advocating on a state level for that. So it's it is beyond the historical scope of the Department of Labor, but my vision for the department is bigger than what we're doing because what we're doing is not cutting it. Um, All right. So that's a great segue to uh, ask the question for one, for people who don't know, what does the Department uh, of Labor <laughs> or what does the Labor Commissioner do? Yeah. Uh, you know, what does that job entail? <laughs> no, that's a great question. So the vast majority of the current Labor Department's job, Labor Commissioner's job, is to pay unemployment benefits and to help people find jobs. And um, so let me use that context to talk about why I think it's a mess right now. And we need to not only do what they're supposed to be doing better, but also talk about a bigger vision. So um, I wanna, if it's okay with you guys, let me tell a little bit of background about, about me in addition yeah, to being a, a working mom. Um, Cause I grew up, I grew up uh, in a union household. My dad was a heavy equipment operator, which is a fancy way of saying my dad rode the or managed the big machines that built roads. Like, and he loved okay. his job. Like, he loved his job. So that was what my dad did. And my mom was a nurse. So very, very much working class parents um, that that I saw kind of managing working full time and managing families. Uh, I share this because every year, just about every year, because I grew up um, in Connecticut until I was 16. So it's been 30 years, y'all, uh, before I moved here. He was laid off because you can't build roads when it's icy and snowy out. And that's what you got in Connecticut. So my dad would apply for unemployment benefits and he would quickly receive those benefits. Unemployment insurance 
is supposed to work that way. You are supposed to be able to apply for it and receive those benefits within two to three weeks. And they're designed just to make sure that a roof stays over your head and there's food on your table. Like it is very much a safety net. In Georgia, when the pandemic hit and more than 2 million people applied for unemployment benefits, what I went through is nothing like what they went through and continue to go through. That's the shocking part. We're just about two years into this pandemic and it's still a mess. People are waiting months, four to six months to receive their unemployment insurance. And y'all, unemployment, you guys may know this, but for those who don't, unemployment insurance is something you earn. It's not a gift. You have to earn your unemployment insurance. And waiting four to six months is just completely unacceptable. And the reason why people are waiting so long is the current labor commissioner, Mark Butler, he has cut staffing between the end of the Great Recession and the start of the pandemic. He cut staffing in half. He's allowed us to run on a technology system that's so old, it requires a mainframe. And on top of all of that, the Department of Labor manages 43 career centers across the state of Georgia. And those career centers are designed to help people find a new job and get their questions answered and help when they have unemployment benefit problems. All of those were closed. They just started opening a few months ago. Again, we are two months into this. The department, the department that manages your driver's license, that's been open for years now, for like literally for 18 months now. Uh, but DOL stays closed. It's unacceptable. So first and foremost, I want to fix this broken unemployment system so that the safety net is there to work. Right now, far too many people are initially turned down when they apply for unemployment. It's about 80 percent. That's broken. Uh, but we also need better technology and we need to staff up so that when people call over and over and over again, and I've heard stories of people literally calling a hundred times and their phone not being answered, that their phone is answered, that somebody is there to help them. But that's not the only reason why I'm running. And this kind of gets back to my roots of building better pathways to better jobs. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our underemployment in Georgia is a big problem. Our underemployment level is a lot higher than our surrounding states. Underemployment, and what underemployment is, is when you are working at a job for which you're either overqualified or you're not getting the number of hours that you want, is 9% in Georgia. Unless you're a Black or Latino woman, then it's 15%. If you're a Black man, it's 18%. That is unacceptable. Blows my mind. So I want to address that through two things, apprenticeship programs and internships. So we should be working shoulder to shoulder with unions that have existing apprenticeship programs. 
huge demand for skilled labor. And this is the great place where you can earn while you learn and be set up for a job where you're making sixty dollars to $80,000 a year in skilled labor. Last week, I talked with Home Depot about their apprenticeship program. They're actually taking people off the floor of Home Depot training them to be software engineers to work in Home Depot. They go from $12 to $13 an hour to $60,000 to $80,000. There's hunger in our business community to get really great skilled people. Our business community just needs help and infrastructure on how do we build this? That's what I've done before. I also share internships because, y'all, we've got 10 of the best HBCUs in the country in Georgia. We have top-rated public universities and private universities. Why aren't they working with DOL and businesses on internships to keep our great talent here in Georgia? My vision is to set up internships that are not, I'm going to go get coffee or I'm going to file papers, but projects, paid Mm -hmm. projects that last a semester or a term where you come in and work on something, you're paid for that project, you get experience and that internship could lead to a job. We had internships at our, and uh, one of our interns is now um, the director of marketing at the company that bought us. Another one of my interns is a senior manager at the company that bought us. So, these are things we should be talking about. Those are a couple of the things. And I'm sorry, y'all, I get excited and I'm talking at you. So I can oh, talk no, about other things, but I'll, I'll be quiet and let y'all ask me a question first. Listen, we feel your passion. And, 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 and I'm over here saying, wow, ooh, ooh, wow. You know, one of the things I want to talk about, because I, I love what you said about Home Depot. I'm, I'm really into tech. So what, where I feel like if, if if there were more programs, affordable program and accessible pro, accessible programs to technology, that would that would close the gap somewhat. Where's where's your stance on that? Because I feel like that's a huge part of what we need because that's where we're going. Yeah, absolutely, Audrey. You are right on target. When you look at the top jobs that are growing in Georgia informational technology is in the top three. It's like right up there. And then we also like related to that cybersecurity, a huge growing industry. So what has changed at the Department of Labor? And And I don't know the politics behind it, but the Department of Labor used to also be in charge of what's called Workforce Investment Opportunity Act money. That's WIOA money. And that money was training dollars. Um, And when Michael Thurman ran the department, he also oversaw that money. It's federal money. Um, That money was sucked out of the Department of Labor into the governor's office when Deal was governor. This was years ago, then moved to economic development. And now it sits in the Technical College System of Georgia. Um, So it falls outside of the training dollars, falls outside of my realm. But here's the crazy thing. I, I actually think it should be part of the Labor Department, but uh, but at the very least, the Labor Department should be working with the uh, regional WIOA boards that oversee the training. And I've spoken to some of those WIOA boards, and they say that even though DOL has a chair, has a seat at the table, we, uh, Department of Labor never shows up. The other thing that's interesting um, that is happening is that as people go through those training programs, There's a separate system that tracks them through the training department. 
those training programs than what tracks people through unemployment. That all should be tied in together. Again, better technology. So what you're asking about, yes, Audrey, you are absolutely right that the Department of Labor should be talking with the workforce investment boards about making sure that those training opportunities are out there so that we can better serve not just our businesses, but our people who want great jobs. And that dialogue is not happening right now. And it just speaks to the ineffectiveness of the current labor commissioner who likes to keep his head down and keep in his silo versus working across silos to make sure that we have a holistic solution. Okay. Nice. So right now, um, right now, as you travel around, you notice, you know, these different restaurants or different businesses that have help wanted signs. And yeah. then uh, as a business owner, uh, most businesses owners say, well, people don't want to work. But then you have people that's out there looking for work or saying there aren't any jobs available. So where do you think the disconnect is? Because clearly there's a, a labor shortage, yes. but there's also people that's looking for work. Yeah. Well, because I think we're kind of talking about two different things and it's being mushed into one problem. And Derek, that's a, I really appreciate you asking that question because I do hear that over and over again. We are in the midst of what is being called the great resignation, uh, where people are leaving their jobs. Now, a big chunk of the great resignation is actually baby boomers retiring. Baby boomers who had put off retiring well past when most people thought they would were like, that's it. I'm out. So a huge part of that is baby boomers retiring. But the other thing that's happening, and we were talking about this earlier in the podcast, is the people who can work are not able to find the jobs where they're able to go back to work and pay increased rental costs, daycare. Um, you know, we still are facing huge transportation challenges. So we're not talking about that holistically. Uh, the other thing I'm hearing from the people who say, I'm looking for jobs, I'm looking for work, is it gets back to a lack of training. So they can find those jobs, but they're still not able to find the number of hours that they want. So that's why I'm like, we need the apprenticeship programs. We need better pathways into jobs. And we need to be talking more holistically about, okay, um, how do we help people who uh, have some of the challenges of childcare? Because a lot more kids are at home and a lot more people are taking care of sick family members than in the past. How do we talk about that? So it, it needs right. to be a more holistic, uh, a holistic approach. But that's again why I come back to apprenticeships. And the other thing that is not happening right now at the Department of Labor is the employment system to help people get jobs, the Employ Georgia system is terrible. Well, what is the Employ Georgia system? What is that? It, the Employ Georgia is the job board. Sorry, I'm switching. Is the job board that the Department of Labor uses to try and help connect people with jobs. That job board has jobs on it from 2017. Oh, that wow. speaks to the um, the decision not to have up again it comes back to updated technology to make sure that we're working with people. 
When I take over as labor commissioner, I am going to be taking over with the mantra of people, processes, technology. Those are the three things that are broken right now. It's a broken process that keeps people from getting their unemployment insurance, but it's also a broken process that keeps people from connecting with a job that they're qualified for, that they want to connect with. Technology also is there and it's a huge wall. And we don't have to invent, we don't have to reinvent the whole system. I give as an example, Texas. Texas has a great employment infrastructure that they're running out of their labor department. We can kind of steal those best practices and use them here in Georgia. In Tennessee, when you apply for unemployment, the Department of Labor calls you and takes you through the process to help you. And that's important because right now we've got a backlog of thousands of people appealing their processes. Some of those appeals are due to just simple mistakes. So it's a it's more work up front, but you save work on the back end and it protects people from getting evicted from their home because they're able to get their rental insurance paid, which is what we're facing right now in Georgia, spike in evictions. Because even if people are back to work, and I've talked to people who are like, I'm back to work, but I'm still being evicted because they it took them months to receive their unemployment insurance. All right. Nicole, I want to ask you a quick question. Um, so my hometown is Albany, Georgia, and I consider mm -hmm. Albany, Georgia an anchor city because it has an airport. But yeah. it's one of the poorest cities in the state of Georgia with a, with, with it being an anchor. And so for those of you who don't know what that means, Albany is where the airport is and all the surrounding towns have to come to Albany if they don't come to Atlanta to go to the airport. Why yeah. aren't why why isn't Albany able to attract the employers and and to come into that area by being an anchor city. Like what, what's the problem there? What, what are what are companies saying? Why wouldn't they go there? I know we got Mars, I know they got um Coors Light, I think Coors Miller Lights and some and, and um Mars Candy is there. And I think Procter and Gamble has a, a, a factory there, but I feel like it should be more. And it's it's a lot of empty buildings and it's a lot of space to grow and it's just not growing. Well, and, and Audrey, it's not just Albany. I think anybody who's listening to this, there, there are pockets of Georgia that are facing that just across our state. Uh, when we are talking to companies, a big, a big concern that a lot of companies, I feel like I'm just saying this over and over again, a lot of companies are saying, well, I don't know if they have the skills. I don't mm. know if they have the technology. Outside wow. of Albany, you quickly get into rural areas that don't have the good internet capability that mm. really companies moving in, you know, even if they're not in the heart of Albany, if they're outside of Albany, it makes them worried. So we need to, we need to kind of grow that. Um, Part of my vision for the Department of Labor that is not happening right now is I want to create regional work boards. Uh, so what Albany is facing is as they're trying to grow their talent, grow and strengthen their community is really different than what North Georgia is facing, what Atlanta is facing, what coastal Georgia is facing. It's a totally different community. There are also... I can promise you 
nonprofits that are ready to jump in and are trying to do great work. There are also unions there that are trying to also bring in more talent. And we've got universities there. My vision to try and address what you're talking about, Audrey, is to create regional work boards that include our universities, our unions, our nonprofits, our business leaders, and also people from the activist community. On both sides of the aisle from the activist community, because that's a community that absolutely knows what's happening on the ground, so that we get a really clear sense of what are the challenges that we face, because I see it every day and I can share that, and how do we tackle those challenges? And that kind of strategic regional planning is what I would do in my company. Um, what I do with these big, slow-moving higher education departments is put together a clear sense of here are the problems we face. And in order to impact these problems, here's what we think we need to do. And if we are doing these things, here are the metrics that we'll see change. And that kind of mindset of strategic planning, um, uh, experience building, build, building plans and executing those plans within large organizations. That's why, again, I come back to you need somebody with that strong business background. You need somebody who has built pathways to jobs for Georgians before. And you need somebody with a passion to correct the system. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Yes. How do you yes, see yes. the? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How do you How do you see the Department of Labor working with uh, the Chambers of Commerce throughout the state? Well, the Chambers have very much been of the. This needs to be the best place to grow a business, and I appreciate that. I also want Georgia be to be the best place to work. We don't talk enough about. So we should be able to do that in partnership. The chambers need to see that to make Georgia great, people need to want to work here. People need to want to come in from other states and share their skills and capabilities. And people who are born and raised here need to want to stay here. So I think we can get on the same page with the Chamber of Commerce with that goal. Um, I'm going to be candid. My heart is going to be with the working with people who are working because a healthy workforce means that 
people have a healthy education system, have a healthy community, we are all going to grow that way. And I think there needs to be a dialogue on how not only to keep a healthy business, but healthy business is driven by a healthy workforce. So I want to assume the best of our Chamber of Commerces that we can get on that page, but that's that's going to be the dialogue is how can a successful business absolutely can't happen without a successful workforce. How do we get there? One one of the things we talked about earlier, you talked about a living wage and I have a client, she has a security company and um, she pay her security officers $15 an hour. She can't get officers at $15 an hour. Now we're in the metro area, so that probably has a lot to do uh, with it. Yeah. And I think the competition is, is, is probably fierce out there, but she pays more than most of the companies in our area and she can't she can't hire enough people and she's getting contracts every day and she can't find the people i think that's a problem but how do we fix that problem well i'm curious so i think some of this is going to be us being creative so audrey the people that she's hiring do they need to have a high school diploma i'm sorry do they need to have a, a not a high school diploma do you need that do they need to have a college diploma no they don't okay so it was interesting to me that I went and spoke to a school in um, South Atlanta last week about the Labor Department um, and asked the kids. I was like, what am I not saying to you? What do you want to hear me say? And one woman, one young woman, she raised her hand and she said, we don't get anyone who comes to our school other than military recruiters. How are you going to change that? And I'm hearing you, Audrey, talk about a job that pays $15 an hour. I'd be curious to hear how that job transitions into a career. And if we can talk about, okay, you're going to start here. Let's put together a map for where you go from here. And those kind of jobs that pay the $15 an hour, let's talk about high school graduates who now might be you know, working at jobs that pay less than that. How do we attract them into this and, and kind of create that pathway? I think what we don't do enough of is figuring out, all right, here's where you are now, or here's where you can start. This is what the pathway looks like. And that's what I'm talking about my kids, to my kids about, like, here's the pathway. Because you don't need a college degree there's a lot of benefits of, for a college degree, but you don't mm -hmm. need a college degree for everything. You do need a plan. And that's what we need to be talking more about. That's interesting because I don't think she thought about that. She is working with the um, uh, workforce development to do a job fair, but I don't think she thought about going into the high school. So that's a good thought. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now, we're just a few months away from high school graduation, something for her to consider. The other thing that I didn't have a chance to talk about that I'm going to shamelessly plug right now is y'all, um, y'all may already know this. I did not know this until I started running for this office. And I met with a woman who works with Women on the Rise. Women on the Rise is an organization that helps women leaving the prison system who have served their term, um, set them up for success as they return to the community. And this woman, I, we sat down and had lunch and she's like telling me about her uh, kind of going in and out of the prison system and that struggle that that's been. And she said to me, 
this time it's different. And I was like, why is it different? She said, this time I have a job. Mm. And I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Nobody helped you get a job when you left the prison system before? And she's like, no. Wow. I was like, you've got to be kidding. We talk about our recidivism rate and how we want to impact our recidivism rate. Companies receive a tax break for hiring people with criminal records because we want to give people second chances. I will be putting together a team that is going to work with the Georgia prison system to help them get jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's also something. How would you be able to... I guess, shake that stigma of, you know, hiring a felon, you know? Well, I, I think one of the best ways to do that, Derek, is we have, we have several examples of success stories. And we have companies in Georgia that have, that pride themselves on making those second chance hires part of their culture. And I think an even better advocate for hiring people with uh, with coming out of the prison system is to have the current businesses that have done that and have success stories, they need to be my spokespeople. I don't need to be out in front of everything. This department works well when we're working with partners across Georgia. Everybody can be a hero for strengthening our community. I don't need to take all the credit. I don't want to take all the credit. I'll take a little bit, but <laughs> that's that's gonna be that's gonna be part of part of the solution. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's a great, that's great. I like that partners across Georgia. I like that. I think that's um that's gonna be key to moving us forward, especially when it comes to people who are lacking. I'm, I know one of the things my client always says is that for some people, depending on the felony, they they can get a job with her, but they may not be able to carry a firearm. So that's always an issue too. So that brings me up to, um, you know, how do you help those people who do, who do have felony records and they can, you know, they may not be able to get it expunged or is there some kind of expungement program or record restriction program that you're working towards to help them? No. And we, well, you're seeing that begin to happen. We, that, that, was started in the last General Assembly, that push for expungement was started and it's continuing through this session. And I am just cheerleading that. I also am a believer in banning the box. Um, I would like to see us ask less about people's criminal histories. Right now in Georgia, there's a checkbox to whether or not you have a criminal history to apply for college. Like this kind of if we, our goal, if someone has served their time, our goal should be to make sure they never get back in the prison system. They've served their time. They have, they have uh, hopefully been in a place where we need to turn things around. And that needs to be part of that, of that vision. So that's, that's where my heart is at and what I would be a supporter of. This is amazing. Uh, yeah. Can I talk? I agree. Well, oh, well, can I, I? Well, I just want. I mean, I agree to a to a, you know to a certain point. When you want to, I guess when you want to know. Uh, I think it depends know. on the job, Derek. Like, I don't want to. I would absolutely want to know if I was hiring for 
a high-level financial position if someone uh, has been in jail for embezzling money? I would want to know that. Right. Um, or, like and, a, or like a college, would you like to know, I mean, if it was a, a sex offender or, or, you know, like, I mean, I get if it was a non-violent crime. I get that. But if yeah. it was and something Derek, that, so like, you know. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. There's, the, yes, there probably <laughs> okay. may be exceptions that we need to talk about. But right now, we are throwing out everything. And we're not having Nobody, a thoughtful yeah. dialogue around what should those exceptions be. And that lack of a okay. thoughtful dialogue is creating unnecessary hindrances for people, people who, right. you know, for people who, gosh, smoked pot in Georgia where it's illegal, um, yeah. that they've got, they've got a criminal record, but it's legal in so many other states. So I'm just saying, I, I don't want to shut down that conversation because there, there are probably some exceptions we may need to discuss. I think that conversation is important. I agree. But can I share with y'all one other thing that I want to do yes. that uh, yes, that you might this not think of asking? <laughs> Thanks, Derek. I appreciate it. Um, I want to get back to making Georgia the best place to work. The other thing that the Department of Labor needs is an investigative unit. Here's mm -hmm. why I say that. When People file, um, when people file claims of discrimination, misclassification, unsafe work environments, uh, wage theft, mm. there's nowhere for them to go. And if you are lucky enough to have the money to hire a lawyer, good for you. But that's not everyone. The Department of Labor should have an advocacy center for workers that investigates these claims and that where appropriate is working with the federal government on their investigation. We should be able to say, oh, this company has lots of claims of misclassification where they're paying people as contractors instead of full-time employees, or this company has lots of claims of discrimination. We need to make sure that everyone is playing by the rules. And in order to do that, you need a unit that is investigating these claims. Georgians need a place to go that is a place for advocacy. And that doesn't exist right now. Um, and is something that I am talking about and advocating for. How many residents do we have in Georgia? Do you know? Because that's Georgia is a big state not to have something like that. Yes. I know I should know off the top of my head. Audrey, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't mean to throw a monkey wrench in your, in your, in your stats. No. I just, as we said that, I'm yeah. saying to myself, wow, that's that would be something I would think we would have well, does, by Georgia. But we don't. Any other states? Does any other states have the investigative in the Labor Department? Um, well, this is where I'm going to be doing research on that. But I know like Florida does for misclassification. Okay. They hold that as fraud. So, uh, yes, we I, I am certain other states have it. And you know what? This is an example of if they don't, they should. They and should. we can we can we can set the stage for that. Yeah. And plus, I'm shocked because. 
the other commissioner departments have some type of investing, you know, insurance commissioner, agriculture commissioner. Don't they have them? Well, I know the insurance commissioner does, but don't insurance, the agriculture? Derek, I know you know that because yeah. we were doing research on that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. But does the agriculture commissioner have an investigative? Because because each department should have. I mean, because each department that. has you know has some some form of fraud. I mean, you have. Yeah labor fraud but, you know that's you're saying but if so. you look at the department of labor's website there is no place for uh for someone to reach out and ask for help so there's no place yeah. and, so and, and as a um as a tax person myself i do know how hard it is from an employee to fight that 1099 yeah. versus w2 uh i know how hard that is with the irs of trying to explain, well, no, I was an employee. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a challenge. And <laughs> that is something that our general assembly needs to, needs to fix. Um, it was supposed, it should, it is included in the PRO Act, um, uh, clarification of misclassification, but even if the PRO Act isn't passed, and that's for, for your listeners who don't know, the PRO Act is a federal law um, that would strengthen unions, strengthen and clarify misclassification. Even if that doesn't pass, there is some energy on both sides of the aisle to do that in Georgia. Um, we just need an advocate who pushes for it. So um, that will be, that's definitely something I'm going to be doing. Wow, this is another great interview. How can people reach out to you if they want to follow you and support you and vote for you? Yeah, that, I would love that. Um, my website is uh, Nicole Horn, H-O-R-N, for F-O-R, Georgia.com. I am also on Facebook at Nicole Horn, the number four G-A, and uh, Instagram and Twitter using that same handle. So um, I hope people will follow me. Um, this is a race that we, we need dollars for. Um, so if you're like, I'm excited about this, let's change Georgia and strengthen communities, please donate. Um, but if you're like, Nicole, I can't donate, but I can give you my time. Um, we are looking for volunteers to help us get the word out. And um, it would be great if anybody wants to work with us. Um, I, I welcome volunteers and you can sign up on my website. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, guys, you heard it right here. Here's all her information. I'm going to drop her. I think this is her Instagram here. I'm look, I'm, I'm going to copy and paste my uh, Facebook real fast. So, <laughs> um, oh. well, and, and I, I just, I think that this is, this is one of those races that people really need to understand we're not just talking about unemployment insurance. What we're talking about is a safety net that uh, that makes sure that people have better jobs, that makes sure that people, uh, that when this doesn't work well, here, I'll, I'll put in my Facebook page, when the, when the system doesn't work well, um, people are evicted from their homes. When the system doesn't work well, people have to work multiple jobs to make sure that they are covering their, covering their bills. 
we can turn this around. We should demand more from our government and our leaders. This is a place where we can work shoulder to shoulder with business, with unions, and with people who want that next career. And that's what I want to do. And I'm super excited about it. So well, thank you think, so much for having me. It was an honor. Hey, Audrey, I think it's Nicole Horn for GA, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. sure. I'm sorry. I, sh I should know this stuff by heart. Um, <laughs> oh no, you have, you have, you know, you have so much us to to worry about than than trying to remember what your yeah. your social it's media Nicole tags Horn are. Four GA yeah. on Twitter. You're right, and yeah. um, Instagram is the same. Yeah, it's the same on Instagram. Um, yeah. The I All was right, wrong. Well. Facebook is the Nicole Horn for Georgia spelled out. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I see yeah. you making your rounds throughout the state. So, uh, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying really hard. So I was in Savannah earlier this week and I was in Paulding County yesterday morning. Um, and, and that's the other thing. If people are like, Nicole, come to my home and meet some of the people, meet my neighbors. Um, we are certainly having meet and greets as well as fundraisers. And, um, and it's an honor to get the chance to talk with Georgians. I was in Gwinnett County uh, last Saturday, which was great. Nicole, yeah, I got one I quick question for you before we go. Um, so I know I know you're running for labor commissioner, and I know that your platform is really focused on 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 um, bringing more jobs. But what happens if someone? I'm a small business owner, and my mm -hmm. goal is to hire people. Yeah. But what happens if people look at the information and say, okay, well, she's not really for us because I'm a business owner because you kind of said it a little bit, and I was in, it came back to me because I was thinking about that. What do you say to that person that's looking at you saying, well, I mean, she's done a lot of good stuff, but she's really not focused on me as a small business owner? Oh, well, I think because I owned a small business. Is that what that what if business other business owners would be skeptical? Is that what you're asking, Audrey? No, what, what you early in the interview and, and I had to remember this early in the interview, you said I'm focused on the labor side. I'm focused on, on jobs. Right. And yeah. so the small business owners who's looking at this and saying, well, she said a lot of good stuff about jobs, but she didn't say anything that pertained to me as a small business owner. So I'm kind of oh, feeling like yeah. I'm left out. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. know you were small business owners and I heard all the great things you've done, but I want people to understand that, you know, we are the engine that, that make America great, right? Absolutely. We are the engine that things. So without us, there are no jobs. So yes. that person that's watching this interview right now saying, well, I'm a small business owner and I don't think she talks to me. What do you say to that person? I would say that um, a small business owner, and you know this, and uh, Audrey, you, your clients know this, what's core to your success is finding great people, is finding a way to make sure you are connecting with people with the most recent skills and training that you need. Or if you are making that jump to create internships and apprenticeships, that you have a partner so that you don't have to create that on your own, so that you have a partner who can say, okay, you want to create an apprenticeship? Let me help you do that. You want to create an internship? Let me help you do that. You want to find a great qualified person? Come and explore my new 
job site that better connects you with people who are recent graduates, recently trained, or we've scanned all the resumes so we can hand those over to you right away. I want, as much as I want uh, people to get good jobs, I want employers to get good people. It works best when it's working from both sides of the spectrum. Uh, and the other thing I would add, and, and we didn't have the chance to talk about this, but I also want to see more small businesses in Georgia. There are five states across the country that have what's called a self-employment assistance program. Y'all, Mississippi is one of these states. And it always makes me nervous when Mississippi is doing something better than us. This is a program where if you lose your job, but you have an idea for a new small business and you qualify for unemployment, you can receive unemployment benefits for that given period of time while you work with the Department of Labor and the Small Business Administration to get your program, get your company launched. So that would be the other thing. If you've got a vision um, and you've recently lost your job, there should be pathways for you to be able to launch that. Um, so that's the other thing I would say, those two points. I think that's a good idea. I think, I think too, um, when I think about small businesses, I know that there is, according to the federal government, there is a specific number of employees that you that you have that qualifies you as, as a small business. Most of the business owners that I deal with, they are solopreneurs. solopreneurs. They are mom and pop. <laughs> so yeah, they don't yeah. have 50 employees or 25 employees or whatever yes. the state mandate is. That's the person that's looking at the show right now saying, well, how can I, what kind of help can I get so I can grow my company to become a small business? Right now, I'm a micro business. What kind yeah. of help can I get from the Department of Labor so that I can become a small business and, and employ 50 people, 50 great people who have, who have this training that you're talking about? Yeah, and we should be, and this is where Department of Labor should be better partners with the Small Business Administration, which is a great resource for those solopreneurs. We also need more flexibility because a lot of solopreneurs, that first hire they make might not be a full-time hire, might be a part-time hire. It might be um, working with uh, working with volunteers. You know, there are there are volunteer programs where um, retired senior executives are working shoulder to shoulder with volunteers. This is again, I come back to Georgia has so many great resources. And if we continue to run our department like silos and not reach across those resources, we're letting opportunities sit on the table that we shouldn't. So um, as part of my, my goal is uh, providing flexibility in jobs. I mean, we were we haven't talked about this, but jobs for seniors in Georgia, 63% of seniors would like to work would like to at least work part-time. And these are newly retired people in many cases who are looking for that opportunity for that next part-time job. That's, a, that's absolutely an opportunity that you've got to bring somebody on. So I think it's a dialogue and I think it's a hiring system that needs to recognize that some people are looking for part-time jobs, some people are looking for full-time jobs, and there's all different various levels of experience. And an ideal system is able to scan that and better match people so that we can make sure we're, we're meeting the needs of Georgians. Well, now I'm finished. 
Thank you so much for being our guest today. I really appreciate your time and, and just uh, sharing with everybody your vision for that position. And, um, you know, good luck. I mean, um, you said a lot of great stuff. And so good luck. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Listen, guys, that's all we got for you today. I got to go celebrate my birthday. But listen, come back next week because we have Commissioner Marlene Foskey, who's going to be our guest. So come on in. Talk to her. She's done some amazing things in Gwinnett County. And she's going to be here to share with you what she's done and what her plans are for the future of Gwinnett. So be sure to tune in next Sunday. Same bad time, same bad place. And for those of you know don't know what that is, it's 1 p.m. Sunday live. We are live streaming on American One Radio as well as LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and your Roku device. So be sure to check out the podcast, Popcorn and Politics, if you have a Roku device and you're at home watching this show. We'll be back again next Sunday. Thank you again, Nicole. Good luck on your run, and we will talk to you yes. again. Derek J. Wilson, as always, thank you, thank you for being my uh, partner in crime here on the good uh, I'm, I'm always saying good morning, good morning, Gwinnett. That's tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Live. Popcorn and politics. Popcorn and politics. Thank you again. Happy birthday. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bye, everybody. Y'all stay safe out there. And until next time, until next time, make it a great day. Bye, y'all. You're listening to Popcorn and Politics. What's the real deal? Hosted by Audrey Bell Kearney and Derek J. Wilson. Asking the hard-hitting questions you want answers to. From political leaders and political hopefuls from around the world.